For the next little while, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself and a very special woman named Mother Teresa. And at the end of my talk, we will have time for some questions. And in the meantime, you can think of a couple. Mother Teresa was a Catholic nun and as such never married or had any children. Biological children, children that she gave birth to. Yet, ironically, though most women have only a few children, she had literally thousands of them. She, ones that she rescued from disease, malnourishment, and death. Time magazine went as far as to call her mother to the world. She called these children my children, and to them, she was truly their mother. I am one of those children, but before I tell you how I became one, let me tell you a little bit more about Mother Teresa. She was born 1910 and died 1997 at the age of 87. She spent most of her life working with people called the poorest of the poor. And for this, she was called the Saint of the Gutters. Also, her real name was not Teresa at birth. It was Agnes Gongshu Bozakshu. Here is a picture of her as a young girl. I'm just kidding. This is a picture of her as a young girl. <laughs> Mother Teresa took on the name Teresa in 1928 when she became a Catholic nun. She named herself after Saint Teresa of Lisieux, who lived in the 19th century. She became Mother Teresa as opposed to sis simply Sister Teresa in 1937 when she took her final vows as a nun. And in 2016, she was canonized and is now known as Saint Teresa. On a train trip to the mountains in Darjeeling, India on September 10, 1946, something happened to Mother Teresa that would change her life forever. She heard audibly the voice of Jesus speaking to her and had several visions of him. What Jesus said to her was this, Carry me into the holes of the poor. I want Indian nuns, missionaries of charity, that would be my fire of love among the poor, the sick, the dying, and the little children. The missionaries of charity would not be officially founded for four more years when Pope Pius XII granted her permission to found her order. But September 10th is when her order truly began. And every year since then, the Missionaries of Charity celebrate this day as Inspiration Day. Because of her work that Mother Teresa did with the poor, she became very famous. She was one of the most admired women in the last couple of decades of the 20th century. According to the polling organization Gallup, in fact, she was the most admired woman for several of years beating out other famous women. In 1998, Mother Teresa was chosen by Time magazine as one of the 100th most influential people of the 20th century. She was also on the magazine's cover for at least a couple occasions. Mother Teresa won many awards, most notably the Nobel Peace Prize. She won this award in 1979 
and in case you didn't know, it is considered by many to be the most important award in the world. Announcing Mother Teresa as the winner of the award, the Nobel Peace Prize Committee explained in part that Mother Teresa's work had been recognized and acclaimed throughout the world. There are numerous books written about Mother Teresa, 43 to be exact, 44 if you count the one Tim and I wrote. We have some of these at the back for you to look at. Though Mother Teresa was to many people simply a woman to be admired, to me, she was and is much more. For if it was not for her, I would probably not be alive today. As the front page story that appeared on the Toronto Star September 10th, 1997 says, I was saved by Mother Teresa. Let me briefly tell you about my story. I was found wandering the streets alone on the crowded streets of Calcutta at the age of three by a police officer. I had at least three deep cuts on my head and might have been bleeding at the time. My adoptive parents think I might have been mauled by a dog because of how terrified I was of them when I first came to Canada. The police officer must have felt sorry for me and knowing that St. Teresa never turned any children away, dropped me off at the orphanage, Nirmala Shishu Babin, which in English means home of the little children. I know nothing about myself prior to being dropped off at the orphanage. With one exception, I was Bindu the Hindu and only spoke Bengali. Bindu, by the way, means a drop of water. I do not know my last name, nor do I know when I was born. Mother Teresa gave me a birth date. I could be a year older or younger. Though most people can remember some things that happened to them when they were a child of four or five, I cannot remember anything until I was seven. As such, I have no memory of my biological parents. However, I am told that one day as a little girl, I picked a flower and put it behind my ear and said my mother used to wear one like that. Though there is no way to know for sure, it is likely I was abandoned. Why do I say this? There's a couple of reasons. For in India, girls are not highly valued. As evidence of this, so-called sex selection abortions are common occurrences. An abortion, in case you didn't know, is the killing of pre-born children for no other reason than for this, their sex. In one study of 8,000 pre-born that were aborted, 7,999 of them were girls. When I was a child living in India, infanticide was the primary means used for killing unwanted baby girls. Infanticide is the killing of a born child. Today, this is largely done through sex selection abortion. However, though the means have changed, the end result is the same. There are several reasons why I might have of unwanted baby girls. But perhaps the most important is the so-called diary system. A diary is when a family gives money to the family of the bridegroom. 
This occurs at the same time that the bride is given away in marriage. A dowry gift can be very expensive, as much as 10 years wages. Another reason why I think I was probably abandoned is that after I was found, the orphanage, in an attempt to try to find my parents, put up posters about me around the streets. However, no one came forward to claim me. Fortunately for me, Mother Teresa did not share this low worth of baby girls. She valued all human life, boys, girls, young and old, and never turned a child away that was brought to her. Her orphanage was full of girls. For example, when I was an adult, the orphanage for there was 150 babies upstairs, three to a crib, and 150 toddlers downstairs, and the vast majority were girls. How can there be too many children, Mother Teresa once said. That is like saying there are too many flowers. Mother Teresa commenting the high mortality rate among children in India said, yes, many would die especially among those children that are unwanted, quite possibly they would have either been thrown away or killed. But that way is not for us. Our way is to preserve life, the life of Christ in the life of the child. Malcolm Muggridge, a well-known journalist from Great Britain, while touring the orphanage with Mother Teresa, asked her, is it truly worthwhile salvaging a few abandoned children who might otherwise die of neglect, malnutrition, or some other related illness? Mother Teresa simply replied by holding up a tiny malnourished girl and said, look, there is life in her. I lived at the orphanage for two years until the age of five when I was adopted. At the age of four, my now adopted parents, Eldon and Audrey Bell, were visiting India along with missionary friends of theirs, Alf and Leela Reese. And as part of their tour, they went to the orphanage. They were 48 years old at the time, had three children, and had no intention of adoption. But God apparently had other plans for them. For no sooner did they walk into the orphanage, Nirmala Shishu Bhavan, than I am told I made a beeline straight toward my soon-to-be dad and grabbed onto his leg. This happened again when they returned for a second visit. Alf Reese later joked that I saw him as my one-way ticket out of there. <laughs> anyway, it seemed to work. On their second visit, Alf and Eldon approached Mother Teresa about adopting me. This is when things got interesting. They were both wearing dark sunglasses and must have looked like they were from the Mafia because Mother Teresa got the notion that they wanted to buy me and sell me for a profit. But needless to say, Mother Teresa would flatly refuse to let them have me. But after being assured that they only wanted to adopt me and not buy me, they, she eventually gave in and the 10-month process of adoption was set in motion. Here is a photograph of my adoptive parents with Mother Teresa. 
Here is the photograph of me on the roof of Nirmalashishu Bhavan when I first met my parents. This is a picture of me at the same time with my adoptive dad. Here is a photograph of me with the missionary couple who played such a large part of me being adopted. A year later, at the cost of $1,000, I was put on a plane bound for New York. I arrived at Kennedy Airport April 7, 1975 at 3.45 p.m. At the time, there were no flights from India to Toronto. I was looked after by three stewardesses who worked three eight-hour shifts. Here is a photograph of me at the airport with one of the stewardesses as she signs custody over to me to my adopted mother, and a photo of me with my sister Cindy. I had just been picked up at the airport. I was given a teddy bear that day, and here he is still. <laughs> I was given a washcloth to keep me clean and I was given bells and my name became Belle. <laughs> and then this is the bag that all my clothes came in. These are all the possessions that I arrived with. Before moving to Canada, I had never seen snow before. And as you can see from this photograph, I'm not thrilled with the idea. <laughs> I'm still not thrilled with the idea. I was the first child from Normalashi Shubhavan ever to be adopted to Canada. Most go to Europe. When I was adopted, Mother Teresa insisted that my adopted parents send her a photo and a letter to tell how I was doing, and this was to be done to the age of 18. In reply to these letters, I received several letters from Mother Teresa. It is interesting to note that because Mother Teresa is so famous, each of her letters now is worth about $1,000, and we have one at the back if you want to look at it. Not surprisingly, my move from the east to the west was not without a few little bumps along the way. For example, my first meal in Western civilization was, appropriately enough, a McDonald's hamburger. <laughs> However, since Hindus do not eat beef, I took the hamburger apart and ate only the dill pickle. <laughs> During my first year here, while on vacation in Florida, I stepped into the deep end of a swimming pool and had to promptly be fished out and given some water wings. I must have thought my adopted family's black and white TV needed color badly. For the first time I had some crayons, I gave it some color. <laughs> Almost immediately upon arriving in Canada, I was enrolled in Bing Public School in Stainer. That is me in the front row. I couldn't speak a word of English, so I'm sure I didn't learn a lot that first year. I probably should have failed, but mercifully I was allowed to graduate to grade one. In 1991, when I was 21 years old, I got married to Tim Denbach, 
and for a wedding dress I wore a sari. And here is a recent photograph of my family. My husband Tim, my son Daniel, he's 26 now, and my daughter Leah, she's 21 now. In 1994, with my husband Tim, I returned to India and in particular to Nirmala Shishu Bhavan. It was the first time I had been to the orphanage since a little girl of five. I had said goodbye to the other orphans and nuns who lived there, including Mother Teresa. Previous to our going there, I was afraid. I was afraid that maybe I would remember some things, but as it was, I didn't have any memories when I went back. But Mother Teresa, she wrote us a letter and said in part, come with hearts to love, hands to serve Jesus in the crippled, the abandoned, the sick and the dying in any one of our centers. Even though I could not remember any of the people or places that I had been so intimately acquainted with, I was remembered myself. Sister Charmaine, she remembered me because of the scar over my right eye. When I showed one of the sisters a picture of me as an orphan on the orphanage on top, she took me to the exact place it was taken, as you can see in this photograph. The highlight of my return to India was my visit with Mother Teresa in the mother house, or her office. As soon as I introduced myself as one of Mother Teresa's children, I was immediately brought into the courtyard, where she had her living quarters, which was actually just a simple, small little room. Upon first seeing Mother Teresa, I was right away struck by how small she was. She stood 148 centimeters, or 410, to my shoulder. She weighed 41 kilograms, or 90 pounds. At this time, Mother Teresa was very old. She had also been unwell with the heart condition. It was hard to believe that this tiny woman was universally recognized as a moral and spiritual giant. I also particularly remember that her feet were swollen, so much so that they looked painful to walk on. When I met her, she was hunched over and could only speak in a whisper. Unfortunately, this made it very hard for me to hear her, and I so much wanted to understand what she was trying to tell me. And the fact that she still had a strong Albanian accent also made it difficult for me to understand her. But as she held both of my hands lovingly in hers, I heard her distinctly say, the family that prays together stays together. I will never forget the touch of her hands. They were as soft as velvet. Her presence exuded peace and love. It was a feeling I had never since experienced to such a degree. It made me think of how those in Jesus' presence must have felt. Before I said goodbye to Mother Teresa, I gave her a picture of me that I had drawn of me on the orphanage. Under the picture in calligraphy, I wrote the verse, let the little children come unto me. 
Mother Teresa liked the picture very much and said she would hang it on the wall in her mother house. Mother Teresa gave us this prayer that she addressed to Tim and I, and we have that at the back too. The only thing that went wrong with our meeting with Mother Teresa was that Tim neglected to open the shutter of our camera before taking pictures. And so here's the photograph of Mother Teresa and I together. <laughs> As a result, unfortunately, I do not have any pictures of Mother Teresa and I together. To try to make up for this, Tim, who is an artist, painted this picture of Mother Teresa for me for a birthday present. And we have the original at the back if you want to look at it. Tim and I spent most of the week that we are working in India with the orphans at Shishu Nirmala Bhavan. Children immediately swarmed us. When we first set foot into the orphanage, I had five children jump on me at once. One around my neck, one around each arm, and one around each leg. Does this sound familiar? Remember, I had done the same to my soon-to-be dad, 20 years late before. During the time that we spent at the orphanage, our duties included teaching the children English and feeding them lunch and playing games. This is the first time that I've given this talk since my parents have passed away last year. They were 94 and 95 and they were married 73 years. I dedicated this book, Saved by Mother Teresa, to them. To my adoptive parents, Eldon and Audrey Bell, thank you for wanting me. My mother was so happy with the booklet when we first published it, she gave a copy to all her family and friends. Although my parents are gone, I now want to say again to them, thank you for wanting me. I think it would be appropriate to close with the prayer St. Francis and Mother Teresa say at the Missionaries of Charity. They recite it daily. Let's say it together. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy.